Alana Jayla. Rick Hammond. We just saw an episode of Deep Space Nine that I find very problematic. However, Mm -hmm. it does set up something, and I thought that you might enjoy the episode. I did. Do you want to discuss it a little bit? Um, Do you want me to discuss both plots? Yeah. Okay. Um, So Keiko O'Brien and Miles O'Brien, Chief Miles O'Brien, is um, they are expecting a baby, but... uh, Kiko gets into an accident, uh, experiences some internal hemorrhaging, and can no longer hold her baby, so the baby is taken out and implanted in Major Kira. That's weird, but it had to happen so that the baby could survive. I actually really enjoy the B-plot of this episode, which you just described. Yes. And I like the way it ended. Yeah. That part of the story. I did, too. But now... And then, so... um, uh, Quark gets news from his doctor that he has Dor- is it Doric syndrome? I believe so. And that he is going to die in six days. Um, Rom tells him he needs to sell his, um, what is it called? His, his physical, what is it? His body on the the Ferengi market. market. What they do is when you die, they take parts of your body out and they put these into these little discs and you can buy it on on Ferengi Nar. And that that was going to be a way for for him to make profit, even when he's dead. And uh, and so uh, I I think you should go and explain the rest of it because I just now saw it. He gets this big bid for 500 bars of gold-pressed latinum. For the entire lot, he sells it, believing that it's the Grand Nagus, who controls all of the businesses on Ferenginar and throughout the Ferengi Empire. Okay. Quark has done business with the Grand Nagus before. He thinks that this is his way of paying Quark back. We learn that Quark's doctor got it wrong, and he is, in fact, not dying. He can't go back on the deal because it turns out that it's Brent from the FCA who actually bought the remains of Quark. Right. Right. Garrick is brought in by Quark to kill him. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to know when. He doesn't want to know how. Right. Quark has a vision and decides to back out of the deal. Mm -hmm. So far, I'm good with this. Yes. The ending is where I have a problem. And I don't understand it either. Okay. I have an explanation, and I know that sometimes I reach, but you know I like things to make rational sense. So let me tell you the ending, and then I'm going to explain what I believe went on behind the scenes. Brent finds out about Cork breaking the contract, and he closes down the bar, which is his right as representing the Ferengi Empire. Takes all of his stuff and leaves. We see Quark and Rom where the bar used to be, talking about life. And then people from the station come in and deliver goods so that he can reopen. Right. I didn't like that ending. I thought it was a little bit too happy and upbeat. But I do have an explanation. This is what I think happened. Okay. And again, this may be, may be me justifying an inconsistency in the show, but hear me out. At this point in the show... Rom works for Starfleet. He's not an official officer, right. but he does. he's an engineer. Yep. Okay. 
We know that Dax is friends with Quark. Nog is also a cadet at the Academy. Yep. And is kind of mentored by Cisco, and he's also friends with Jake's, Jake as Jake, well. Jake, yep. We can assume that when this happened to Quark, all of them went to Captain Cisco and said, hey, this is really unjust, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they all go to him. This doesn't happen on camera, again, this is my assumption. And then Cisco, having a lot of power, probably contacts the Grand Nagus, finds out that, uh, you know, Quark has done some favors for him. He probably also realizes the thing about the Doctor. And he also likely gets assurances that eventually, because of of what the Doctor did, Mm -hmm. that Quark's ability to do business with other Ferengis will eventually be reinstated because Mm -hmm. Quark can sue the Doctor. Mm-hmm. And Brent might be accused of overreaching at some point. Mm-hmm. So he figures, well, I can give him this stuff now, and it'll look good to Quark. Plus, it'll, it, it, I'll learn some brownie points from the people around me who, who really love him and his work. Right. And eventually his license will be restored. Mm-hmm. Um, so this will be a mood point anyways. I'm just rushing this along. <clears throat> mm-hmm. What do you think of that explanation? Uh, it's a possible theory, yes. possible explanation and a, a, a possible theory as to why that happened. And I didn't understand it because I, okay, so, so as much as I love happy endings, okay? Yes. And this is something I, I've been thinking about since we just saw it. I was thinking that maybe because of Quark's actions in the past, right? He was, how he was with his... Um, workers before, uh, around the time that um, Rom started that union, remember? Mm-hmm. And he wasn't doing um, the will of his workers. He wasn't giving them vacation time, taking money out of their salary, uh, not treating them with the with the utmost respect, right? Mm-hmm. I would think that it would have been interesting to see this as a consequence to his actions, that his bar would not be open for a long time. I completely agree. Another reason they might want to help Cork reopen, we know that a lot of people come there to discuss crimes, right? Uh-huh. And Odo is against that, and, and obviously nobody at Starfleet wants there to be a hub for criminals. Right. Having said that, if you know that those type of that element congregates in one place, mm-hmm. you sort of have a centralized location instead of having to spread your resources throughout the station more. Right, that's like the hub of, it's like their hangout, right? The the yes. people that station the people of the station go to there to hang out and relax. Exactly. But I would have liked to have seen him be held accountable for his actions, or at least a better explanation instead of right. me having to come up with one. Exactly. Yeah, I I I think it would have been interesting to see, you know, just how long his bar would be closed for, and just to just to see. You know, that even the most greediest of Ferengis um, can be held accountable for their actions. I had a lot of debate in my head on whether or not to show you this episode. Why? Well, it does set up some stuff with the O'Briens and Major Kira. Mm-hmm. But the ending is so bad in my eyes uh-huh. that I almost felt like I should have just explained to you what happened. Oh. That said, I also know that 
you enjoy episodes about the Ferengi more than I, I do. I do just because, you, you know, they're usually the B-plot. And everybody else, you know, Dax, Kira, uh, the O'Briens, Cisco, the Cisco's, right? A lot of them are the A-plots and Odo, too, right? And, and I don't know. I don't know much about the Ferengi. I think they're kind of weird. But they're, they're amusing to me. I know. I hope that this does not spoil you in wanting to watch the rest of the series. No, of course not. Okay. I just don't. I just wish that he would have. It would have been interesting to to see a different ending for Quark because he always got what he wanted for the most part. Does that make sense? It does. He's he's never held accountable for, um, for why he is a Ferengi. He's never held accountable for his actions. He's his, never ever held accountable for his actions. It's at all. not necessarily that he always gets what he wants, but he also doesn't get punished for the things that he does. I think it's what I was trying to say. Okay. Like he's never so if it, it felt to me like when they were opening his bar again, it felt like he was being bailed out. Absolutely that was the case. Yeah, and I don't I don't like episodes where people are being bailed out all the time. And that's typical 90s TV. You just think that a show that th- that is this good mm-hmm. would avoid something like that. But that was that was in 1990 uh probably 1997, so I mean, you know, things have changed. <laughs> I would hope that, you know, there would be more series that held held people accountable because no one is being held accountable and those no one no uh, I shouldn't say no one is, but at least for the Ferengi, um, he has not been held accountable. But that's, that's what I wanted to see. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably 96, but it's close enough. Right. Yeah. We were so young back then. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm sorry I put you through that. Oh, it's... It's a debate. It's okay. It's not, it's not the end of the world. I mean... <laughs> I'm sorry I, you I didn't torture put me you through that. <laughs> sorry you put alive. me through that. You're still alive. Your limbs I've... still work. Yes. Yes. We survived yesterday. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, yesterday was wonderful. Let's talk a little bit about DS9, and then we'll segue into the films in yesterday. Yes. Before we watched that atrocious ending <laughs> to that episode, right. we saw one that I really, really enjoy, and I'm curious to get your thoughts about it. Uh, I think it's called Oath to Death or To the Death. I'm horrible with names. To death? To the death, I think? So, something to that effect. It's the one where the Jim Hadar have to team up with the Federation to catch these rogue Jim Hadars before they figure out this way to invade wherever they want to go. That was really interesting. I love that episode. It, 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 was, it was so action-packed. Um, I thought it was really interesting because then you meet Wayun, who happens to be the same guy who played Brunt. Isn't that interesting? It is. I didn't, I didn't realize it until you told me, and I'm like, that that does sound very familiar. I thought, huh, okay. Interesting. Wayun is one of those characters you love to hate because he's so conniving and sniveling, mm-hmm. and he worships Odo. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What were your thoughts about the messages in this episode? Um, so I thought, okay, so I, I know this was a really, really funny scene when that Jim Hadar soldier was talking to, uh, Commander Dax and how they don't live to be past 30 years old, right? And if one of us makes it to 20, they are considered an honor soldier. And, and, and in, in the Jim Hadar world, they are really, really old. They grow old fast. 
And Dax is I like, am eight. He, he said he's eight. And Dax said, well, I, um, what did she say about her being 300? He asked Dax, how old are you? Mm-hmm. To which she replied by saying, I stopped counting. At, after at 300. At 300. And he said, I think he said, you don't look it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And it's just, it's, the, the, the differences in the alien cultures are so interesting. Some are more aggressive than others, and others are just trying to coexist. Somebody is straight yeah. up murdered in front of most of the crew. Yes, that was a... Including Cisco. Yeah, that was an interesting scene, yeah. Yes. To me, this is an episode with the messages working with people who are different from you. Mm-hmm. That share a common interest. Right. But realizing that once a goal is accomplished, you leave as enemies. Right. You go your separate ways. And then if you see each other again, the battle is still on. Uh Uh-huh. I would agree. I think it's an excellent ending to this one. Yes. The one Jem'Hadar soldier was going to kill Sisko, Mm -hmm. but because... The captain saved his life. He agreed to let Cisco and the rest of the crew go. What I thought was interesting, because uh, remember Worf uh, punched out that Jem'Hadar? Yes. And, uh, and he, didn't, he didn't exactly punch him out, but they, they got into he, he, a tussle. He, they, were, they were tussling with each other. They were, they were, um, you know, they were, they were fighting with each other. And uh, com, uh, Captain Cisco told him to go to his quarters. Well, then I ask you... Well, why did I thought he was supposed to be in his quarters for the rest of the mission? Why is he on the mission? What you gotta realize is Worf is probably the best soldier that Cisco has under his command, outside of maybe Kira, mm-hmm. who is not on the starship at the time. She's back guarding the station. Right. And it's all good to punish him. But at the end of the day, you want your best soldier fighting with you in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. They didn't show that on camera, but that to me is a much easier leap than Quark getting his bar back. So, so she is off the ship. Akira is off the Defiant. No, she's, she's back at the station because remember the the station got attacked, right? And somebody needed to stay there to coordinate rebuilding and 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 getting situated there, and so she was in charge of that. And then everybody else was on the, on the, on the Defiant. Besides okay. for Bashir, who stayed back to help with people who were injured. Because remember, when they at the beginning of the episode, after the rogue Jem'Hadar attacked the station, we learned that there were 18 people who died in the attack, 31 people who are missing, and over 100 people who are uh, in need of urgent medical care. Okay. So somebody needed to coordinate that. And somebody also needed to prepare in case other warships came along. And that's why Kira and Bashir stayed behind. Mm-hmm. What do you think now, babe? Okay. That, that, that explains it. You were not turned off to DS9. No. Okay, let's... Do you think we did a good job covering that episode? I think so. What did you think of the episode we watched last night with Cassidy Yates? And Eddington. Yeah, that was... I didn't know what to think about that. I love that episode. It is very good. 
I didn't know what to think about her. Do you want to give a little bit of a description? Um, so there was an investigation of the Maquis soldiers, correct? Yes. The Maquis who are terrorists. And in fact, uh, Major Carey used to be a part of the Maquis terrorists. No, no. No, oh, they got it wrong. I'm sorry. What? Okay. Let me give you a little bit of Star Trek history. The Maquis initially mm-hmm. were fighting over some land. They're part of the Federation, but... The Federation gave up these planets in negotiations with, I believe, the Cardassians. And the Maquis disagreed with that, so they became these rogue Federation mm. officers, basically, who defend their land. Okay, I guess I was confused because wasn't um, Major Kira... Oh, wait, I was no, thinking about the De- De- Bajor- yeah, yeah, Bajoran she, terrorists. She, right. Major Kira was a terrorist, but she was part of the Shakar resistance. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Anyways, keep going. My mistake. Okay. Um, <laughs> I sound like a complete... Asshole nerd saying that, but keep going, babe. I never called you any names, but go ahead, go if on. I did... Keep on going, babe. I probably... No, I'm kidding. I wouldn't call you that. That's just mean. Um, <laughs> you'd, I probably. I would imagine you going, well, obviously. <laughs> Do you want to describe the episode or not? I will. I will. Okay, so from my understanding, and I think you would describe it better, but from what, from what I understand about this episode... Um, there was an investigation of Cassidy Yates because she was on a freighter ship, which was, um, what were they doing for the Maquis again? Okay. Explain it. Odo and, and Eddington believe that Cassidy Yates, who is a freighter captain, is delivering supplies to the Maquis That's right, to I help mean. them. That's right. It's, it's mostly medical stuff. It's not weapons, but that's yeah. still enabling an enemy. And she felt obligated. That's why she had to leave so much, because that was her job. She had a job to do. She felt obligated, and she didn't know that she was doing anything wrong. What we find out in this episode is the reason that Eddington really pushed for the investigation is because he himself is a Maquis spy, and he thinks that by distracting Cisco with Cassidy Yates... He can steal these replicators that are meant for the Kardashian Empire. That are very, very powerful replicators. They're not just stuff that you find in quarks. They do like special things. They're 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 um they're technologically advanced, right? Yes. Okay. But he needs a reason he needs the ability to steal them. And for that he needs a reason to distract to distract Cisco. Because he knows people in the Maquis he understands what Cassidy Yates is doing. Mm-hmm. Cassidy doesn't know that he's in the Maquis, but he knows that she's helping them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little bit complicated, but... It sounds complicated. Keep going, babe. Um, so she... Uh, so um, they told Benjamin, uh, you know, Captain Sisko what was going on, and at this point, Captain Sisko and Cassidy are, are very much into their relationship, and um, it's possible that she would have to spend time in prison. And... He didn't want to believe that she would do that, and um, but I think she was it. Was it? Am I correct when she told Captain Cisco that she quit her job? Not a, you're thinking of another episode. Did I? Yes. No, no, no. I was thinking of the same one, except I don't. I don't think I got that correct. You didn't get. Uh, I know what you're thinking of. Yeah. You're talking about at the end of the episode where she comes back. Yeah, she comes back. She didn't have to return to DS Nine. 
but she felt that she knew that if she didn't come back, she would always be on the run and things would never get resolved with Ben. Right. And it also in the end of the uh, towards the end of the episode she does get arrested. At the very end. At yes. the very end, yeah. So I I liked it. I just didn't know what to think. I was very surprised. That to me is an example of a great ending to a DS9 episode. Where somebody being held accountable? Yeah. Right. Well, it's not only that, but we know that the captain is in love. But we also understand that the person he's in love with has to go on trial for betraying the Federation. And the character that we know from previous episode episodes is actually a traitor. Right. Right. You're talking about her character. Well, she's the one that he loves, but Eddington oh, was Eddington, a traitor yes. to the Eddington Federation. Eddington was the spy, yep. And there's a great episode with him in season five. I believe it's called For the Uniform. Mm. I might have the title a little bit long, wrong, but uh, I can't wait to show you that episode at some point. But yeah, this episode was very, um, I did like it. it. It was very interesting. I'm interested to see on what happens with her. Yes. Yeah, because I, I mean, before this was going on, I didn't know much about her because she was always leaving. Because she was a freighter captain. Right, that's right. Now that I know more about it, yeah, but before, you know, you know, when, when her and uh, Ben Sisko were just starting to uh, get acquainted and getting into a relationship and they wasn't, they were not serious. Now they're starting to grow. But now they're starting to grow, yeah. Yes. So I, I'm interested to see how that, that turned out. We also viewed mm-hmm. the episode Family Business, which again, it's a Ferengi episode, <laughs> yes. but I thought that you might get the kick out of it. I did. I thought, okay, this is interesting to me because he, uh, and I mean, I, I find it very interesting because the Ferengi are apparently very oppressive towards women. They don't want them to wear clothes. They don't think that uh, they are smart enough to earn profit or have any business ventures. And turns out that, uh, that Ishka... Her name, Ishka, a.k.a. Moogie, their mother, uh, Quirk and Rom's mother, uh, knew more about uh, making money than their father, which I thought was really interesting. He was a good provider, a good husband, a good father, but not very good with money. Was he a good father? That's what she said. I don't know. I don't know. That's what she claims. What did you think about this episode overall? Um, I, I, I thought it was interesting. It really, I mean, um, you know, I keep forgetting that they're human, right? <laughs> I know. That's I why the show, forget- to me, that's what makes it such a, a unique show is because you are able to suspend disbelief. Yeah, I keep forgetting that they're human and they really don't feel this way, but... It's interesting how the Ferengi culture views a lot of things in life that are important, like relationships between mothers and sons and fathers and sons and and women are, are females and males, right? So females in the Ferengi culture don't have a lot of rights. They don't have um, the uh, they don't have the freedom to express themselves because the males are more dominant in the culture. 
Am I correct? You are correct. Yeah. So I thought it was kind of interesting. I so much enjoy the mythology of Star Trek because you really get, uh, you know, somewhat of an understanding of Klingon culture or mm -hmm. Cardassian, you know, way of life or the Ferengis. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I just, I just think that the mythology on the show is is great. And and how they put that all together because mm -hmm. it's a lot of cultures to to think about. Yeah. They're juggling many, many things. How, how they put that together is brilliant. Yes. And technology. Replicators. Replicators. Interesting replicators. You know, what, what they do. Not I mean, only that, but the transporter. Yeah. The transporters, the comm badges, the communicators, the phasers. You know, it's kind of fun to think about that. It is. What if that was real? What if it is? Some would argue that modern-day cell phones came out of Star Trek. So, there, I've heard rumors online that scientists were inspired by Star Trek, the, the communicators from the original series, to design cell phones. I don't know if that's true or not, because I've also seen footage. There's this great video on YouTube of this lady in the 1940s using a cell phone. Really? Yeah. And a lot of people about 10 years years ago, we're saying that this is proof of time travel. But apparently, this lady uh, worked for AT&T, and she was like one of four people in the country who was given a cell phone to use. In 1940? In the 1940s. In the 1940s, really? Either that or time travel is real, and they just don't want to tell us. Uh, I, 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 I like the first theory better. Okay. That she was one of the, the few people that were able to use cell phone a cell phone in the 1940s. But people have made the argument that if Star Trek didn't inspire cell phones, they at least gave scientists some guidelines about how to make cell phones smaller. Hmm. Yeah, and how small, how much smaller they are. Yes. Yeah. Well, they come in all different sizes, but... The, well, the the real high-tech um, smartphones are, are slightly bigger, I think, now. Not really. Not really? They're, they're not huge. They're, they're well, not they're like not they huge. were back in the day. No, they're not huge, but they are, you know, I don't know. They're, they're medium. What do you think about that when you hear a story about something that happened in the past that that is more related to our times. For example, mm -hmm. the cell phone thing with mm -hmm. the lady, mm -hmm. or that picture of that guy in Brooklyn mm -hmm. in like 1930, and he looks just like Jay-Z. What? I didn't know about that. I didn't know about that. Yeah, there's a picture online, and it, I, I believe it's in the early 30s, and it's this guy who's like, if you put a picture of him and Jay-Z next to each other, they look exactly alike. That is so Except weird. Except for his clothes are of that, that period. That's weird. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. That's kind of interesting, actually. Huh. Makes you wonder, babe. I suppose. And then there's always those rumors about Jay-Z and Beyonce being involved with the Illuminati. Yeah. Um, I know there's some people in my family that are really, um, that are really um, absolutely sure that they are a part of it. But I'm not too sure. I, I don't really get into that. I don't really get that whole thing. Um, I think they are kind of nuts, but um, I think they are nuts anyway, but I don't know about the whole Illuminati uh, uh, Illuminati um, 
con- I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory or not. I just don't I just don't get into that, I guess. I don't believe that there is currently a group called the Illuminati that runs the world. Having said that, I believe that there's probably five to ten groups with various names mm-hmm. that have a major, major voice in what this what goes on on this planet. Yeah. What what disturbs me because I've heard a clip of this and I will mention I don't know well should I mention her name? Is it a celebrity? Yes. If it's a celebrity, yes. Katy Perry, okay? I actually heard a clip of her, and I can't remember where, so I'm sorry I can't quote where I heard a clip of her, but I heard a clip of her a while back admitting that she sold her soul to the devil and that um, I think it, it was this thing about the Illuminati and that the Illuminati has taken over Hollywood and um, they're talking about the Illuminati sign and I thought this is interesting because I don't, I don't, I don't really keep up with that. My, uh, I don't really keep up with it. I know people that do, but I don't really. I don't know about that. I have not heard this clip. For all I know, the voice could have been doctored. They could no, have. No, that was really her. They could have edited it a certain way. I, I really don't think so. I don't know. It, it 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 sounds very weird to me. So I don't. I mean that that's that's what I heard. I just heard a clip of it from that thing I was watching along that. A but long I'm, time I'm ago. also not a Katy Perry fan. I'm not either. <laughs> I'm not either. For, and both both of us for for different reasons, for, and we yeah. we don't need to we don't need to comment on that. Yes. yes, yes. yes. The lady should uh, mm-hmm. have different people at her birthday parties. Let's just say that. Exactly. When was she, it her, was it her birthday in Chicago? It was. Anyways. Okay. We, we don't have to go there. We don't have we don't to go, go there. there. It's not that important. It's not that important. It did get me out of a, a tight situation. I right. I don't get you very sorry. That's, that's for another day. And she's not all that important either. Yeah. Although, and I know I've been talking about Howard Stern a lot recently. Mm-hmm. She was on Howard Stern about a month ago. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't sure if I wanted to listen to it or not because of the whole thing. Yeah. And I turned it on. It was actually really good. She right. was talking about uh, how she's pregnant now. Oh, really? But w- when her nieces were, were born, I don't know if, the, if this is true, mm-hmm. supposedly she was there and helped her sister deliver them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? And she was talking about, you know, what it's like being in a family that's politically divided because her mom, I believe, is a big Trump supporter and Katy Perry is not. Yeah. Well. Wow. Yeah, yeah, well, my my family's kind of like that too. They Actually, I don't I don't way. No, we're we're kind of divided politically. I mean, we don't really talk about it. Um, but we are kind of divided politically. There are some liberals in in your family. There there are some, but I don't know that they're like flaming liberals. I don't know. There there the, the I I I couldn't tell you. I mean, we don't really talk about that kind of we don't really talk about politics in my family. Yet. Occasionally we do, but it's not like the topic of discussion. Babe, there may be hope for you yet. <laughs> Anyways, you don't have to tickle me. Yes, I I think I should. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Just cuz I haven't done it today yet. <laughs> there may be hope for you. All right, tickle truth? Tickle truth. Okay. For now. J-Lo? <laughs> yes. 
We watched some films last night. Oh, yes, and very good ones. You want to elaborate? Uh, the first one we watched was A Fish Called Wanda, and I, I, for some reason I did not see it. But maybe it's because I was still very young and there was some pretty adult content in there. Um, but I, I was very pleasantly surprised at how funny it was. It was really funny. I love the film, but I probably haven't watched it since the late 90s or early 2000s. Do you want to go into it a little bit? It's about this bank heist gone very, very wrong. (laughs) Um, um, What's her name? Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis plays Wanda Gershwitz, correct? That's what she's calling herself. That's what she's calling herself. Whether her name is really Wanda, I don't know. And uh, Kevin Klein's Klein's character, who's Otto, he's a very interesting person. The first time you see him, he has this alarm go off, picks up a gun, and shoots two walls, lies back down on his bed, and reads some Nietzsche. (laughs) You know what they say about people who read Nietzsche, though? Tell me. I heard that people that read Nietzsche are really uptight. Uh, that would not surprise me, but keep like on going. Like Nietzsche is, yeah. I, I heard some things about Nietzsche. It's probably why I haven't read him. Anyway, um, so, uh, the yeah. The central idea of Buddhism is not every man for himself. <laughs> yes. But keep going. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> and the London, the London Underground is not a political movement. Plato was not Belgium. <laughs> no, that was Aristotle. Aristotle, yeah, excuse me. <laughs> so, so in this, so, so Kevin Klein and Jamie Lee Curtis are, are a couple in this, in this movie. And Jamie Lee Curtis is very smart. Uh, Kevin Klein thinks he's intellectually smart, but very, very stupid in many ways. But they're pretending to be brother and sister. Yeah, and, and so they're helping um, with this, this bank heist. And George is the leader of it, correct? Yes. George is the leader of it, and he leaves um, Ken in charge of keeping the money safe, correct? Yes. Okay. Well, some things ensue. Uh, they give, uh, was it they give uh, George the diamonds, correct? George puts the diamonds mm-hmm. in a safe mm-hmm. before Otto and Wanda can retrieve them. Because they rat him out to the mm-hmm. police. Right. The diamonds are hidden, and they don't know where. Right. So, but Ken has the key. So meanwhile, um, a lot of things ensue, really, really funny things. Um, uh, Wanda gets in contact with Archie Leach, who is played by the great John Cleese. Yes, one of my favorites. And Archie Leach is George's lawyer. Well... She devises a plan to kind of figure out a way to get him, um, get him to work with them a little bit. And so at first she pretends that she is really, really into them. And Otto's, and <laughs> this, this is why I think Kevin Klein got an Oscar for it. Because Otto has been watching her interactions with Archie. From wherever he is, right? Remember, he's 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 really good at sneaking in houses. Yeah, and... one thing you got to understand about Otto, he's not an intellectual by any means. He's out of his mind. But he knows how to use a gun, 
and he's pretty good at hiding. And it, it's so it's just so funny that every time he's caught in something like a um, a room, and he can't get the lock, he just shoots. <laughs> he just shoots it open, <laughs> as if that was like the only option, right? <laughs> well, he, I believe he only does that at Heathrow Airport, but okay. it is shown. In the but he he's he basically he um, he's very funny but very deranged. Correct. Very deranged in the head, and he. Um, he kind of uses, he kind of like tries to trip up Ken because he thinks Ken is really, really stupid because he has a stuttering problem. Keep going. <laughs> and Ken is supposed to, so should I mention the, 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 the side plot about Ken trying to kill all these women? He, yes, he's only, technically he only wants to murder one. So he wants to murder one old woman, but he kills three. Well, let's, what? let's explain right? what happens. Okay, you're better at doing it. They're leaving the heist, and an old lady with a dog sees them. George is afraid that she's going to testify. He gets that lady's address and gives it to Ken. So now Ken decides to kill her. While he's leaving the courtroom, Kevin Costner, Otto, approaches Ken and realizes what's going on. And he he screams, you know... On the street where there's people around, you're gonna kill her. You're gonna you're you're gonna murder this old lady. They bet, I believe, a pound mm-hmm. British currency. Yep. That Ken will not kill the old lady. That's what Otto's thinking. Yep. And so he he has some failed attempts. He gets some wrong ladies, but eventually, <laughs> and he goes to all their funerals. Yep. My man Ken comes through. And the job is complete. Right. Right. <laughs> and 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 let's let's uh let's also go back to the Archie and Wanda thing. Archie and Wanda have uh, Archie and Wanda are now having an affair. Correct? I would say so. They're having an affair. Um Wanda at uh, in the beginning was using Archie. And uh but Archie was Archie was falling in love with Wanda, and so was Wanda. His wife, Wendy, which is really funny, does not know this. <laughs> and um, a lot of things happen where uh, he's, he gives, he gets this necklace, and it was supposed to be for Wanda with a key on it, correct? A locket. What happens is yes. Wanda, I believe she drops her necklace yeah. when Wendy comes home unexpectedly. Yeah. So... John Cleese grabs a necklace and Wendy sees it and believes it's for her. The necklace has a locket that has the key to the the deposit box. Yep. Where the diamonds are stored. Yep. Go ahead. Well, I especially like the scene and I don't remember what part of the movie. It was probably in the middle of the movie where he has to figure out where (laughs) to to get the key, right? He, He has to hide the key or find a way to take the key and um, from his wife Wendy, right? And he's talking he, about the necklace. Then I'm sorry, the necklace. Because he, he doesn't know that the key is in there. He stuffs it in his mouth. Remember? Yes. Otto comes to apologize for hanging him out a window. Yeah, yeah. He was attacked, by the way. <laughs> yes, this is great. Yes. Archie fakes a robbery mm-hmm. to get the necklace back. Otto mm-hmm. comes in to apologize, and he thinks he doesn't see his face at first, so he believes. 
that it's a real burglar, and mm-hmm. he starts attacking Archie, and then he realizes what's going on. Uh-huh. He leaves. Wendy comes home, and he puts the necklace in his mouth. Yep. Quickly runs off <laughs> to his office yep. after she gets him free. Yes. Yes. And so this this is going on, and... Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, um, I think I think shall we kind of uh, uh, talk about um, what is the part that really comes to a head? Remember when um, when uh, Wendy finds out what's going on with Archie when he's talking outside? Who is he talking outside to? Otto is chasing him down. Yeah, because Wanda told him, "Listen, you got to apologize to this guy because if George decides." to plea bargain and tell where the diamonds are, he's probably going to tell Archie first. So you got you to suck up to him a little bit. So yep. Otto sees Archie, and by this time, Archie wants nothing to do with him. So he starts running. Otto runs after him, trips him, pulls out his gun, and holds it to his face, and just to say, I'm sorry. I, en- I ended it. Wendy looks out the window and hears them talking. Right, and he basically said, I ended it with your sister. Mm-hmm. Because he's thinking that that's really his sister. And Otto, while Len- Wendy's listening and Otto starts saying, listen, you can fuck her brains out for all I care. You know, I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah, don't worry, I understand, you know. <laughs> but, the, yeah. I think this is an excellent film. It is so funny. It's I- just a bank heist gone wrong but very, very hilariously wrong. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes in the movie is when Otto is interrogating Ken. Mm-hmm. And he starts like asking him all these obscure philosophy cl- questions. And, and, and he and puts he, chips up his nose. And he's tied, he's tied up. Yes. He tie, he's tied up and he's like, oh, okay, well, what goes good with chips? Fish. We don't puts, want to give it too much. Anyway, but he puts, he puts chips up his nose. He can't burn. Then he puts an apple in his mouth, right? Correct. He can't breathe. It's like, oh, you can't breathe. So he takes the chips out of his nose. <laughs> and and let us not forget when they go to the airport because by then they're already figuring out where the where the they know where it is. Where it is, right? This is the safe deposit box, right? Wanda gets the money, right? Or gets the diamonds, rather. So we go. They go to the airport. And were they on like a kind of like a runway? Or yes. Something? What happens is Otto holds a gun to to uh, Archie's head, and he takes him out to the runway. Yep. And uh, he tr- he get he tries to get him to go into this barrel of cement. He splashes in the barrel, but gets out before he could. You know. Because Ken distracts him. Yeah, Ken distracts him, and so Ken's on this little uh, what do you call it? I don't know. It's it's some sort of machine. Uh, yeah, and he keeps shouting "Revenge!" and <laughs> and Otto 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 said, "Oh no, it's Ken coming to kill me!" <laughs> and he's you know Ken has realized that he has made fun of him for the last time, <laughs> and somehow um, Otto gets his feet stuck in the cement. Right? Yes. And, and by that time, Archie's pretty much gone. Uh, gone. Yeah. It's a great movie. 
I was so surprised that you had not only never seen this film before, but you were not familiar with the work of Kevin Klein. Um, I mean, no, I I know who Kevin Klein is, but I didn't see enough movies with him in it. I would imagine that he's a very good actor. I love Kevin Klein's work. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was very good at being funny but very deranged. <laughs> he's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that he got the Oscar because usually the Academy does not acknowledge comedic roles. They don't. They it's usually dramatic roles. Usually. But that year he was nominated. What year was this? 88. Wow. And he was running against Dean Stockwell, who was in Mary to the Mob, a film that you have not seen. I don't think I have. It's a great movie. I saw uh, So I Married an Axe Murder, but that, it's a different yeah, movie. Yeah, that's a different movie. Babe. Okay, yeah, I know. They have different titles and everything. And different people. I'm just saying, babe. I know. I still love you, babes. I know. I know. I know. So overall, you would recommend... I know. Yes. Overall, you would... <laughs> Please don't take a movie. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Overall, you would recommend this? Yes, I would. Nice. Yes, I would. Then we watched... So I picked this movie. It was called um, He's Just Not That Into You. Um, it is about five women, and the commonality, the, the commonality of these women is that they're all having guy problems. One woman is married... And her marriage is falling apart, little by little. The man is cheating. She doesn't know that until later. Okay, the man is cheating. He also has a huge smoking problem. Um, but and but her father died of lung cancer. Uh, yes. Go ahead. No, no, I, was yes. it? Yes, she says that in the movie. She says, "My dad died of lung cancer." Oh, that's right, right, right. His dad, her dad, died of lung cancer. Um, so I would personally be more concerned with the cheating, but that's just me. Well, that's just a small fraction of why their marriage is falling apart, I would assume. Keep going. And then the, this, there's another woman who's been with her boyfriend for over seven years, but he still will not ask her to marry her, ask her to marry him. And she's fed up, and they break up. And that's all I'm going to say about that one. This other girl goes on a couple of dates, and she's the kind of girl that thinks, okay, well, if this guy says it's nice to meet you at the end of the date, that probably means he's going to call me. She she has this notion that if there is any guy that pays any little, any attention to her, then that means that there's something going on. And uh, I'm sure a lot of women have thought that too. Um, meanwhile, this other woman is in two relationships she is uh, seeing this guy on the side, but they're kind of like friends with benefits, I guess. If, you can, if, if I could describe that correctly, I think they were friends with benefits. But then she gets entangled in a relationship with a married guy who just happens to be the husband of the woman whose marriage is falling apart. And then the last person who's played by Drew Barrymore is looking for somebody online. She hasn't seen anybody yet. And looking for somebody. But but it's interesting to see how all these women's stories are intertwining with each other. They're all inter they're all overlapping. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. It's a little hard to follow because of so many different characters. 
I like Drew Barrymore, but I honestly think the film would have been better without her in it. Not that she doesn't do a good job, but I felt that her having her character was a little bit too much overkill. And I disagree because all these women have guy problems, and even women who are trying to seek um, somebody online still have problems. But, you know, she, I don't know, she probably has other problems besides trying to find a guy. But we don't really know much about her story because she's just like a um, one of the side plots. It felt like they had her in so they could say, listen, we have Drew Barrymore in here too. Instead of she's really at contributing to the story. She felt like the soldier in Now and Then. Oh, the, yeah, I know. Some, well, well, okay, no, okay. So I don't, I, don't, I don't think of it that way. I think she definitely does contribute. She may not contribute in a big way, but I think she contributes in her own way. How? Because, like I said, she may not ha- be having as big a problem as those other women, but she still is having a problem. She's just not going out and looking for guys in person. But we're already seeing enough issues with women to where it's confusing. We, we don't need to add on top of that. Yeah, but that's just how the story is. I think the story would have moved along at a better pace without her. I, I, and I disagree with that. And I will, I will always disagree with it. Always? <laughs> yes, always. Really? <laughs> yes, always. That's some strong terminology, J-Lo. Yes. I did enjoy the movie. That's good. But I was constantly saying to you, like, who's this character? Who's that? That guy's with a woman. I thought he was gay. What's this person No, no, doing? no, no, no. And, and I had to explain that the guy, the guy that you were thinking about was not gay. He went on a date with, with a character named Gigi. That's, uh, Gigi is this crazy girl that thinks that any attention from a guy means that he's going to call her. Right, but I thought that he was gay because he didn't call her back. And while he reached out to Scarlett Johansson, it was only because she was kind of like his beard in the movie. Yeah, safety date, I guess. And then eventually, they become more than that. Well, okay, they become more than that, but she realizes that 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 wasn't for her. After the other, after that that whole fiasco with um, uh, the one guy who played the husband, I can't remember what her name is. His name is. But there were some there were some funny things in that <laughs> in that movie, um, but yeah, I I liked it. That was the second time I saw it, and I thought it would be a fun romantic comedy. There were there were things in it that I liked. I enjoyed the stuff with uh, Jennifer Aniston and um, Ben Affleck. I thought that uh-huh. that was really good. Yeah. Even though it was a little bit predictable, I still liked it. It was yeah. still appealing to me. I I, I thought that it was. Interesting that even though the, that she even though she broke up with him, he was still there for her when something was going on with her father because her father had a heart attack. Yeah, but he still loved her. Yeah, and they had like just broken up maybe a week earlier. I think it might have been more than that. No, I don't think so. I I I think maybe it, it seemed like a week later, but it may have been more than that. I can't tell. That's possible. But I would have liked so okay. So there's a there's another guy in the movie named Alex, played by Justin Long, who used to date Drew Barrymore at one time. Did you know that? You told me that this morning. Yes. Um, so there's a scene where Gigi goes on a date with his friend Bill because he, he was supposed to go on a date with her, but he got the days wrong. And I thought, oh, Bill, that's, a, that's kind of an interesting character. I want to know what happens with him. 
But then all of a sudden, Alex shows up. I think it would have been interesting to know what would ha- what would have happened with with her and Bill. Because How do you it, mean? Do you think it would have been interesting if Alex never shows up, or if he comes to her place and she rejects him? It would have been interesting if either he never shows up or she rejects him. Because Alex is one that's trying to keep her, um, you know, trying to, um, what do you call it? Uh, trying to um, impart wisdom on her about men. And it, did, it just didn't seem like he was interested until much later. Until she finally said, you know, you're alone because of dot, dot, dot. I related with his character. Did you really? Yeah, because I know that there have been times in my life where I've either rejected women or I didn't pursue somebody who I thought may have been interested in me because I I assumed that I was somehow protecting myself by staying distant and being alone. Hmm. And I would imagine this was when you were much younger and you didn't know... It's Jayla. No. No, uh, you know what I mean. Yes. You were you were still growing in your pro- in your um, in that process. Back when I was a Flintstones kid. <laughs> I was in the eighties. <laughs> Ten million strong and growing. That's right. <laughs> um, that is interesting. That is really interesting. But I guess in some ways I kind of identified with with Gigi's character because. Uh, before, when I was single, before I met the Rickster, <laughs> Mr. Rick over here, um, I was paying attention to little things like that. And, I, and, and, you know, if I was single, I still would, but I wouldn't go so deep into it. And I do believe that if a man wants a woman, he will do whatever he can to get her. Whether he shows up at places that she's at, whether he calls her at a certain time of the day, um, whether he sends her uh, gifts or flowers. Um, some men can definitely come on too strong and be very obsessive, which I know how that feels like. I had, I, I, I'll just say this. Don't I, say any names. I, I dated a guy for a week. I won't say any names. And he was the epitome of smothering. He would... He would, he would call me, but he would also show up at my house unannounced pretty much every day. Like, he just wouldn't leave. And it was just so hard to get him to, to go away. <laughs> and that's, why, that's one of the reasons why I dated him for a week. Yes. And uh, he just did not understand the meaning of uh, boundaries. I think the key word is boundary. They did not, and he did not, uh, people like him do not understand the meaning of boundaries. That's right. And what is acceptable to a woman. So, anyway. It was a good movie. Yeah. I felt like maybe I needed a reference book to know every character because there are so many. But I did enjoy it though. I don't know that it is in the book. Um, I've never read the book. Well, what I'm saying is like a, a dictionary of characters. So I'm, oh, right. this person is with this person, but th- this person's straight, this person, you know, it, it felt like there was a lot to keep track of, okay. which, which is not a bad thing. Well, the, okay. So I was going to say that the movie is based on a book. I have not read the book. I don't know that I will read the book, but 
the movie is based on the book. I don't think that the characters are in the book, but I'm thinking that they made characters, um, they they made characters to kind of coincide with the book. That's what I'm thinking. I did enjoy it overall, though. Yeah, yes. I thought it was fun. Boyish, boyish. I thought it was fun, but you you said that you thought that Gigi was being played by somebody that you remember um, listening to. No, it was the because they have all these little monologues throughout the movie. Yeah, Gigi was the one that was narrating. No, she wasn't. She wasn't. No, I'm talking about the monologues that I have. So, like, oh. they had the old lady. Yeah, the old lady. Yep. And and they had various other people. There was one lady who said something to the effect of, "I call man every fifteen minutes." That was Gigi. That wasn't Gigi. Yes, it was. Was it Gigi? Yes. Okay, never I've mind. seen it before. <laughs> okay, I completely got that wrong. I'm no, 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 no. You Gigi... stuffed me with cake and ice cream before I watched the movie. Uh, that was not you. my fault. Oh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not complaining, babe. That was so. not my fault. You wanted to eat it. You chose to eat it. I didn't force you to Nobody eat it. I asked you. My... I didn't force it down his mouth, down his throat. I he he ate it willingly, and I ate cake. <laughs> it was good too. No, but. There were a lot of different monologues in the movie. I don't think that was Gigi. It was Gigi. Okay, I'll take no, your word for it. Gigi is a psycho crazy person. I know I know who she is. Yeah, and she does call men every 15 minutes. Wait a second. So why does Gigi have a monologue, but then there are these random people that you never see in the movie who have monologues? I have no idea why. See, I wish there were more people. Uh, well, I wish there were more people that had monologues, and I, I can't explain why. I didn't. Again, this is my problem with the movie. It's the, the, They try to cram too much in it. And it makes it very difficult to follow. I, and I'm also a slow person. I'm not very slow, but... Okay. But uh, <laughs> I like things... I like to know who the characters are. Mm-hmm. And, and you know how we are when we watch movies. I, I Even if I've seen the movie a bunch of times, yeah. it has to be a special character for me to remember the name of it. Did it help that I was able to explain which character went with the, what plot? It did. Okay. Um, but that's my, my complaint about the movie is it really should have been like two movies instead of one. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. That's just me, though. Okay. I did like it all overall. Oh, good. Yes, me, boy. I, I think before we watched it, I should have told you that you really have to pay attention to the women because they do, um, their stories overlap. Yes. But I'm glad that it helped me, it helped you for me to, um, to describe which girl went with which story. It was a good movie. It was. I'm glad I got to watch it with my jewel. Yeah, after we ate cake. We did. We had um, we had a simple dinner of uh, bagel sandwiches and potato chips. We're eating very healthy this month, everybody. No, we're not. <laughs> if you really want to be technical, we are not. <laughs> We are being unhealthy together in some I've ways. I've kind of slipped since this whole coronavirus thing started, but keep going. Well, we both have, but we, we but we have made some really healthy things, though. Yes, um, but not this weekend. Keep not going. this weekend. Well, the other uh, we we talked about the burritos. Yeah, let's just let's just go from last night. Okay, so we made some bagel sandwiches and 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 we had some chips on the side, and then um, I bought a red velvet cake because I love red velvet cake and anything chocolate. And that cream cheese, the light cream cheese frosting, that was so good. And we put on 
chocolate ice cream. Yes, we did. Extremely decadent. And you should not do that every day. No. That said, once in a while, it is amazing. Yeah, and sometimes I love having cake in the morning when I can. Yeah, we also did it today, too. Right. Well, that, that's what I, that's what I was alluding no, to. No, but we did it last night, too. We put on the the chocolate ice cream onto oh. the red velvet cake. But but you know when you know we don't we don't have cake very often. I believe the and last time we had red velvet cake was sixteen months ago. It on, might have been a year and a half ago. On your thirty ninth birthday, and you're deep into your fortieth year now. Uh yeah, kind of. I don't really want to talk about that. All right, go ahead. <laughs> no, no. Actually, it's it's it's. It's it this this year could improve, but it wasn't like a completely bad year. I just wish that um, I could have had more of a celebratory year, but I, it's still it's still not a bad thing. You know, we're kind of right now. I feel like we're in limbo, but um, in twenty sixteen, mm-hmm. John Oliver made this video about why that year completely sucked and was a waste of time. The great thing about this year mm-hmm. is I'm expecting. A superior sequel to that video. Oh, okay. And I can care less about John Oliver. Okay. I'm not a John Oliver fan. You really should become. Although I did, I, although I did like the the episode about debt, which really makes it um, really makes it interesting to learn about what debtor what what debt collectors do. He's really cool. I resisted getting into his stuff for a while, be, just because so many people were talking about. Uh, last week tonight. Yeah, you gotta get out of the habit of not doing that. Of not doing what? Not um, giving something a chance just because people are saying how good it is. I know, it's a weird thing I do. That's a weird habit. But once I started watching it, I really, really enjoyed it. But anyway, um, getting back getting to yesterday. Getting back to this, yeah, yesterday. So, um, so we had a simple dinner and we ate some, a, a very decadent cake. Well, it was rich, but it was light. The frosting was nice and light and creamy and I was so happy that um, the grocery delivery driver got this cake, and I was... From Walmart. Yes. I was so thankful because I have not had a red velvet cake in what seemed like years. 16 months, to be exact. Yeah, but it wasn't exactly red. Yeah, it's a velvet cake, but, you know, it wasn't red. I did not use food dye. We We did not use food dye, but it tasted very good. Um, 16 months ago, just as much as it tasted really good now. And uh, we'll just have to see who eats the last piece. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's going to be you. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. But we'll see. We'll see. It was so good that this morning I woke up away from Alana. Not in the bathroom or anything. <laughs> well, there's been some traveling with a pillow. So... And- <laughs> Alana keeps saying that I move in my sleep, and I know that I do that, but I really wasn't sure on the extent of it until this morning. She she comes over, she's like, "Well, oh, wake up, okay, you're all the way over there." I don't know blah, that anybody needs to know all the details, but let's just say that. Um, let's just say that you were correct. Yeah. That I do. I move more in my sleep than I thought, and I already thought that I moved uh, a lot. Well, see, here's the thing. I I didn't want you know anyone who sleeps on a pillow on the floor here in my my room i don't want them to go so far away to the right that they hit their head on this on the dresser <laughs> and i was dangerously close to that apparently. and i'm and i you know and well when i know. woke up this morning i was, I was like 
Babe, I thought my pillow was like right next to yours. I said, no, 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 no. I, I, I explained to him that he moves more than he realizes. And I just said, I said, I don't, I don't want you to get hurt because you're that close to the dresser. You thought you were close to the closet. And that was one thing. But I, and I moved the pillows away from the closet. And there you were. <laughs> Your head is just that, you know, almost very, very close to the, <laughs> to the, the dresser. And, you know. I don't know. Just a thought. Yes, babes. Just a thought. I agree. I, I, I know somebody in my family that used to move around in her sleep a lot when when she was a kid. and You killed her? No, I didn't. Okay. I remember I was staying over at her house. The night that you murdered her? No, I did Go ahead. I did not. All right, go ahead. Is I she still kill- alive? Yes, oh, very okay. much alive. Okay, anyway, um, I was sleeping on the floor, and her. I woke up the the next morning, and her. She moved so much that her leg was very close to my head. Oh no! <laughs> she almost kicked me in the head. <laughs> Man, some people that just can't stay still. Yes, babes. I think we've uh, covered a lot. Uh, now, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Anything else, like yeah. what? Well, I know that yesterday you had some pain in your lower body. Oh, yeah, because, um, you know, sleeping on the floor a lot, um, sometimes it hurts to move. Um, even if I had a sheet on the floor, which I should put, I should put there until uh, the bed is, is ready to use, um, it, it, it hurts sometimes. <laughs> um I've been kind of, um, sometimes I wake up and, and the lower part of my back is kind of numb because I've been kind of moving. I don't know. Does that make any sense? It does. Because I've, I've been having some back stuff whenever I wake up at your place. It hurts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the weird thing is, and I know we've talked about this before many times, is I haven't had that issue sleeping on the floor before. In fact, I actually usually feel better after I sleep on the floor. But I think it's, I think it's, I think part of it is a carpet. This is kind of like, um, it feels like a harder carpet. It does. If the carpet was much softer and much cushier, it probably would feel better. I remember that one day you were cleaning up in the kitchen Mm -hmm. and I was just like laying on the floor in there. Yeah. It felt much better than the floor in, in your bedroom. I understand. Well, I think because the floor is colder, like, I mean, cooler rather. That might have something to do with it. But I don't like, I don't. Like the idea of sleeping on a floor, like in the living room, just because. If you um, sleep on the floor in the kitchen, babe, you could sleep near your fridge, <laughs> and if you want a midnight snack, just, just stand up and open the door and get something. <laughs> Ice cream, anybody? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is funny. Thank you. That would be really funny if um, if my mom calls and she's like, "Have you been sleeping on your couch? No, but I slept in the kitchen last night." Let's get some axe <laughs> in the middle of the night. No, that's a that's a dangerous place to sleep. You don't want to do you that. Live with people, right? No, even if you're by yourself. Really? You know what I heard about people, and this kind of freaks me out a little bit. How people would wa- sleepwalk in their sleep. They they would sleepwalk and they would go to the fridge or the closet and they would like binge eat. I'm so glad I've never had. Oh my goodness, that would freak me out. And then they wonder why they ballooned. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some people do that. I hear you, babe. I, I mean, completely unaware that they've completely eaten a bag of chips or an entire bag of chips. But I doubt that would happen to you. 
I think you would, might wake up and be more inclined to get something to eat, but I don't think that you would forget it by the time you wake up again. No, I couldn't do that. I, I'm, um, I'm usually a really light sleeper with, you know, if I'm not so tired that I don't hear anything or feel anything, you know, and, um, I usually don't sleep in a deep sleep every single night. So, you know what I mean? I hear you, babe. Uh, I feel bad for the people that have like restless leg syndrome. What's you ever that? heard of that? When your legs move uncontrollably and you can't sleep because. Oh, I've heard. Did you about hear about that. that one? It's rare, but yeah. Oh my goodness! I would not want to have that. That that's really bad. You know what else is bad? I I heard this story about this guy that was having like a lot of sleep problems, um, for years and years because he kept rocking in his sleep. Like, it would literally keep him up at night. Oh, wow. And I'm like, wow, I've never heard that at all. People have some weird stuff, babe. They do. Narcolepsy, Klein-Levin syndrome, have you heard that one? No. I heard this story about this girl who slept from, like, I think she was a teen girl, and she slept from, like, February to sometime in May. No way. Yeah. So what does that mean exactly? Would she get up for, like, an hour a day to use the bathroom and eat or what? I have no idea. She slept for months, and she even missed her prom. That sucks. Well, she... she. It, it would be horrible had she known that she was going to sleep that long. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's called Klein-Levin syndrome or something. Does like not sound good. That doesn't sound, that doesn't sound good at all. It's like, uh, you know that story of Rip Van Winkle? Yes. When he sleeps for like 100 years, I think it was? Something like that. Something like that. Like It, it, was, it had to do with his sleep... He wakes up and everything in the world is different. In some ways, I would like that, to wake up in 100 years. If things are like Star Trek and not like, you know, Mad Max. Mad Max. I don't believe I watched that one. It's a post-apocalyptic film with Mel Gibson. I think it would be really interesting to sleep for 24 hours and not have to worry about going to the bathroom, eating or drinking or calling anybody. You could arrange that. But I don't know that I want to do that. No. I don't want to turn completely off. That's good, babe. Because I want to know what's going on with people. and yes. I don't want to... That would be like... I would imagine... We're talking about sleep here, right? I would imagine that a depressed, a really severely depressed person would be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Correct? I would assume so. Have you ever, have you ever had those things where you just want to sleep the entire day and not do anything? I've wanted that. I've never slept the entire day, but there have been times where I've slept a good portion of the day. Okay, I have Back that. Back in my younger days. I did that too, but I would like sleep in um, intervals of naps. Yeah. But not straight through, you know. But, you know, sometimes if you need sleep, you need sleep. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Is there anything else you wanted to say, Jayla? Um... I just can't believe that two years have gone and we discussed all of that yesterday and again, happy two years. Happy two years, babe. And to another two years if possible. Yeah. And uh, we'll just continue on this journey and I'm just enjoying doing the podcast with you and um, looking forward to more episodes. Oh, great. Good, babe. Very good. I'm uh, looking forward to having some more fun with my G. Yeah. And after this, I said, oh, Probably get ready to leave before things get too quasi, but I I can't wait to see you again soon, babe. Always. Yes. And you're gonna walk me downstairs, okay? 
I can do that. All right. Yeah, I can certainly do that. But first, we got to do some kissing before. That's right. right. That's right, babes. I have an obligation to do that. Legal obligation. Yes. And so, anyway, um, great movies, great, great Star Trek episodes, great food, great fun. It was just great. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I believe that's it, J-Lo. That is it, Hammond. All right, until next time. Till next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.